The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. You know, faith doesn't maneuver life and make everything perfect. It's not like a faith prevents life. Faith carries us through life. Next, Paula White King shares her journey of faith through accounts of heartbreak and triumph. People are like, why do you tell this stuff? Don't tell it, don't say it. You can love God with all your heart and have some very dark, deep place in your life. Something greater, next on Life Today. Today, I'm James Robinson. Betty and I are thrilled to have you. And you know, I'm, I just, this, my mind just rushes. Here I'm a, you know, Baptist uh, evangelist and, uh, you know, one of Jerry Farwell's best friends, you know, one of these <laughs> Bible Baptist guys. And I'm, I'm sitting here looking at a, a, a woman who was a, a woman preacher. And I'm a Baptist. And I've got this woman <laughs> preacher that's going to come and talk. Her name is Paula White, and uh, she comes in. Betty, I can remember it as though it were last week. She teaches on Esther. It's one of the best Bible lessons I've ever heard in my life. Incredible communicator. But more than that, she was full of the Word of God. And she talked about being made uh, for such a time as this. And people had been telling me that. Billy Graham had said that about People said nice things about me. I'm sure they probably said nice things about others, you know, and about her probably. But I remembered when she left, I heard a very gifted person, but I knew there was real turmoil and something going on in her life. And I immediately reached out to she and to her husband and said, sure would love to spend some time. Just basically want to get God's arms around you. I didn't say it in those words, but Betty and mm-hmm. I want to spend time with her. Didn't get to. And her life took quite a journey. I mean, really quite a journey. And see, when you really love people, and see, Betty and I do, we really love people. We don't just have guests. We love everybody in this studio here. And all of you, you wouldn't believe that. If we were sitting in your home, you'd know we love you. We want to get God's arms around you. We really love you. I mean that. You may say, well, it's ugly. It's all right. He's wonderful. But I just prayed for her. And here she is with a new book called Something Greater. She said it took nine years to write it. Because it really, in many ways, took her a lifetime to write it. But it's an incredible portrait of the grace and glory of God. And Paula's back. And you talk about being created for such a time as this. Paula, you have no idea how much my Baptist friends love you. How much church people love you. I know there are people that say bad things about all of us, I'm sure. They don't even understand why you and I would care enough about the whole nation and everybody's family and their grandkids right. and great-grandchildren. We just want the best. We want God's best for all of you, the whole Amen. world. That's what, that's what we want. And Paul and I together have decided, along with other people who just love God and love their neighbor, we tried to say, let's talk to our nation and our nation's leaders and let's offer them wise counsel if they'll take it. Amen. And for some reason, God opened the door for you, didn't he? And you have been through a miracle journey. Yes, sir. And right now, aren't you seeing your mighty God who put the broken pieces back together 
gave you a miracle of a husband in Jonathan Cain, and we're yes. going to meet him in the next show with us together. We're going to let yes. everybody get to know him in a different way. But wouldn't you say that we are watching God more clearly than we ever even imagined, and the whole nation can see him that way if they'll just give him an opportunity? Beyond anything, James. And I've got to say so much about you and Betty. I mean, you're such a general and such a father, and so are you, Miss Betty, such a matriarch. And I go back to when I was on here, and you and Betty were one of the few people, you know, everyone kind of, we. I'd become a commodity. And so everyone just, you know, keep the image, keep the thing right, keep this. But you, you didn't care about the image, you cared about me. You cared about, you saw the hurt and the pain. I thought I was hiding it well, hmm. but you saw by the eyes of the spirit um, what some people would call the most successful, which I don't believe that. I think some, that's, you know, but time of my life um, was the most difficult. I one time counted up and there were 39 different life events, 19 different crises, mm -hmm. where everything that could be shaken would be shaken in my life. And um, I write about it. I write, this was the hardest book I've ever done. You know, I can write a topic book all day long. And uh, this was the most difficult thing I'd done because uh, it, was, it was my life story. And first thing is like, well, why? God just kept putting a demand on me. It was the most difficult, but the most rewarding because I, I had to disrobe in front of everyone and be very, very vulnerable. Um, so much so that writing it, I mean, it was nine years in the making, but it literally took me over two years because I just had to stop and cry. And then I would stop and, and, but it wasn't tears of sadness as much as tears of joy that God is such a great God that I don't care how dark your season is, how demonic, how difficult, that if you don't let go of God, and that was my key that I say, I almost subtitled it instead of triumphing over your trials, staying faithful to your yes. Mm -hmm. Because God has a yes for every one of us. It's his divine sense of purpose that he's put on the inside of us. It's eternity in our heart. And God has... He has a purpose, a supreme reason for being for every one of us. And it wasn't what I did. It wasn't because I could preach a sermon. It wasn't just because I pastored a church or that. It's, I'm a child of God. He loved Paula. That's the hard, one of the hardest things for me to come to that I didn't have to do for God to love me like that. And um, I write through those difficult, painful moments. Uh, most people focused on the marriage that fell apart. Um, I believe so much in the sacredness and uh, the divine institution of marriage. And it was hard for me uh, to even come to myself to recognize that I was in a very abusive relationship. Um, it was, you know, biblically I'd been released from. Uh, my ex-husband had a, had a complete breakdown. Uh, he writes about his own story and testimony, got addicted to drugs. Um, there were multiple affairs, and um, I kept believing God. We're going to make it. You know, this I'm, I can pray it away and stand in faith. It's going to happen. Found out my son had been abused by someone in the church. Mm -hmm. um, he sent on outside one day, and uh, I walk out on the back porch. Randy and I, his hands are black, and he goes, as if you hadn't noticed, he's about 17 at this time. He goes, he goes, I'm addicted to crack. I mean, a skinny little kid, and 
atheist and you know, I helped raise Randy's three children from the time they were two, five, and seven. Our uh, oldest daughter got cancer. I'm believing God and seeing God do miracles in other people's life, and she's dying of cancer. Randy would have a complete breakdown. We'd go under investigation. Um, you know, I'd be in the headlines 52 weeks in a row. People are like, why do you tell this stuff? Don't tell it. Don't say it. But, you know, I... You can love God with all your heart and have some very dark, deep place in your life. I laid in depression for three months, couldn't get up off the ground, lost 30 pounds, weighed 97 pounds, um, wanted to get up, couldn't get up, wanted to feel hope, didn't see any hope. But that wasn't the end of the story. And someone needs to know, because life is not this nice little linear, like we can take our faith and just use it. And, you know, faith doesn't maneuver life and make everything perfect. It's not like faith prevents life. Faith carries us through life. And I wish I could say the brokenness, most people that knew my story knew that I didn't grow up in church. My father committed suicide when I was five years old, sexually and physically abused from a well-to-do family. My mother had two masters and a doctorate, got saved when I'm 18 years old, fall madly in love with God, stay in his word. And I wish I could say my problems were just from my childhood, but they weren't. They were, they were in the, you know, there's a lot of mess in the middle. And, and people don't like to talk about those messy things, but I found out this really isn't my story. This is all of our stories. I was embarrassed. When you're in an abusive situation, you know, you begin to believe the lies about yourself. And I didn't know. I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know who to trust. And ultimately, I was given an ultimatum. It was our anniversary, and and, um, I always said, I've got good news and bad news. Um, The good news is I love you. The bad news is I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. Mm. And here's the ultimatum, and I write about it in the book. And um, I said, I, I can't do that. He said, well, you'll lose everything. I said, well, I may lose everything, but I'm not going to lose me. And I, it's so hard I say this, the greatest blessing of my life, and, and I say this now, is that God loved me enough to reduce me to Christ because it was in complete brokenness that I found the greatest beauty. I found something greater that every moment of my life I can look back and I can trace it, whether I was that five-year-old girl after my father had committed suicide, standing out, holding the jewelry box he'd give me with the ballerina, twirling around, looking up the sky. I didn't even know it was the heavens. I didn't even know who I was talking to, but there was eternity in my heart saying, there's more, don't you give up or whether it was when I got pregnant out of wedlock at 18 and my mother, my stepfather said, if you ever talk about Jesus, you're not welcome in our home. And I, 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 the rejection that came with that, and here I am 19 years old and you know, don't have insurance, don't have anything, living in a trailer on Bill Moxley Road because I've been cut off. I've made some 
some not so good decisions and I'm having this baby by myself and nobody's there but this mean nurse, you know, that just was yelling at me and screaming at me and I'm like, I've never done this before and I mean, I, I, I didn't know. I'm trying to create a family because all I wanted was a family, not knowing that God had a family mm -hmm. for me, James. Yeah. Well, I want everybody to know that. That God had a family and I'm trying to, you know, make one, create something that I have no idea because there's no backdrop in my life of what a father looks like, what a mother. My mother became an alcoholic after my father's death because she didn't know how to deal with her pain. Uh, and I, you know, I, I go through so many of the different dilemmas. And, and so here, all this stuff is, and, and, you know, people wanted the image. They really did more so, and, and I was good with showing the image, but the reality in, in this book, there's no image. It's I disrobe, and it's someone said, you, you reveal your vulnerable pain because all of us have it, and life is not this pretty picture always. And what I found is that my life with other people's life, at some point it intersects, whether it's through the childhood or through, through the the children or the divorce or the ministry or the loss of finances or the loss of reputation or the loss of love or the heartbreak or the depression or the, you know, thinking, you know, what now? Like, it's, it is over, but always God had something greater, this divine sense of purpose, and that is your supreme reason for being in. And what this book is about is our lives inter intersecting to let you know there is a great God that I don't care how many times you have fallen down or how broken things are or what chapter or what paragraph or what sentence or how deep or how dark or how demonic it is right now that God, I just said, don't quit. Like God says, I, I have something greater and something greater is not a bigger house, necessarily another marriage, a new car, a better ministry. It's none of that. It is a true, I'm okay. I'm, a, I'm good. He loves me. I remember the day I said, God, what if I never preach another sermon? He's like, I love you. I didn't have to do Meaning like, I did that I know there's this purpose, but it was that something greater. He had great peace for me, great joy. You know what my prayer became, James? I just want to die whole. I just wanted his wholeness. And it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I want a million dollars in the bank. I want a big ministry. I want restoration here. I just wanted, I wanted just to wake up every day and, and when I stopped pursuing all these things that I thought, you know, I, God spoke to me when I was 18 years old and said, you'll see nations changed. And I did everything that I thought he asked of me, helped build one of the largest churches, created one of the biggest media ministries, did all these things, and God used those things. But you know what? Those weren't the ways I saw nations changed. In other words, it's taken me 53 years, like, Paula, get out of the way and stop trying to put your hands on the ark and help God out. <laughs> and what, what happened was 18 years ago, God gave me this crazy assignment. This man by the name of uh, Donald Trump at the time called me out of the blue. He was watching Christian television, which you do often, watch your program, watch so many programs. I just think, you know, this is a billionaire that needs the Lord. And God said, show him who I am. And I know the Lord's voice. And little did I know 18 years later that he would 
you know, well, at that time, 16 years later, he would become president of the United States and that the way nations would be shaken would not be through anything that I did, but through what the church would do and how God would use the church to show this man his love mm-hmm. and to show the world his love. Do you think he does really want to hear counsel? He told me he wanted to hear wisdom. Do you believe he does? I 100% know he does. I've gotten an inside view and I watch it. His uh, hunger, his desire, the people that he wants around him. Um, and James, the impact you've had on him, his sons, uh, their family. You, you, you always speak love and truth. But it's, it's not just what you speak, it's what you live. And it's what you've lived, and I think that's what this book is so much about, There's is no it, that we're all living epistles. And I think if, if, if our life can preach grace and strength and comeback and uh, goodness and favor and everything else, the, the bottom line is there is nothing too difficult for God. And God has put sense of divine eternity in you. And he just wants us to come in alignment with it. And that's what this book, I want, it's not about my something greater. It's about your something greater. It's that God has something greater for you. And I, this is really hard for people to understand because I was great at, at being, I, when I was growing up, I was a, I, I became a masterful manipulator, James, when I would say, but you don't know your daddy didn't kill himself. You know, I could get my mom. I could get every teacher. If I got backed into a corner and felt too scared, you don't know. You know, your daddy didn't kill himself. And, and I, I could wear that victimhood so well. God bless you. And, and God really had to deliver me he and deal with me. He's not there now. No. It's gone. No. It's, it's awesome to watch. what happened in here, no. the something greater, is this, is that it changes your perception because... I recognize now that a sovereign God has a plan for all of our lives, that the only way it can be aborted is if we let go of it. And that what if my father, everybody's like, oh, I'm so sorry your daddy died. But everything I needed, I got from my father in five years. Wow. Everything I needed. Because I think, what if he would have lived? I know the dysfunction of my father. I wouldn't be who I am today. I would have been formed completely different and maybe I would have been the one that took my life. Mm. So we sometimes don't understand the dark places. You're doing your best. God will use To reveal the light and the truth. Do you appreciate Paul and Paul and the journey? Paul, I just thank God for his words. And this is an unbelievable story. And her life is writing a story. It's amazing. Can I just tell you this? What she's doing, two reasons. She loves God. And she really does love her neighbor. She really loves you. And I've watched. And I'm telling you, that's why Betty and I do what we do. I promise you it is. Amen. That's all. Father, thank you for what we've heard. And just bless Paula and the journey. And Lord, any way we're able to work together for your glory, you show us. All of us is your family. In Jesus' Mm -hmm. name. Again, would you say mm-hmm. thanks to the Lord and thanks to Paul? What a blessing. The book is in the bookstores. Go online, get it. Paula, we're doing something I know you really appreciate. We're rescuing precious people who've been trafficked girls. It's an amazing thing that God is doing. I want you to watch this story and listen to me. 
you help us rescue these who've been trafficked. Amen. Set them free totally. You can do it. I know you'll want to. Please watch prayerfully. What can you do in 30 seconds? Go fix yourself a cup of coffee. Go answer the door. In 30 seconds, a child can walk past one border into another where they may never return. Because of her emptiness and desperation, she was willing to listen to a man that she'd never met who promised her a better life. Thankfully, our mission partners are on that border with their monitors watching every child, every girl that comes through. And as Sweta began to tell her story, they began to ask her questions. And when she answered them, they realized that she was in harm's way, 30 seconds away from being taken a prisoner. We don't have much time to stop this. We need you to act now. So those 30 seconds are seconds for good. Here she is right now. She's learning a trade from people who love her. <laughs> she was given a chance because of people like you who make it possible for those rescue workers and mission workers to be right there reaching out with the arms and hands of Jesus. She was rescued. What a horrible childhood. What a horrible life. Betty, doesn't that just make your heart rejoice when you see somebody set free from the horrors and then knowing that many who are already trapped we're able to set them free because of the support of our viewers. Absolutely. Without our caring and loving about them, they have no hope. I can't even imagine one of my precious little ones ever being captured like that and being taken into the darkness and the evil of life and being abused and, and possibly dying from all the abuse that they get. But this precious little girl was saved when she was spared. We want to reach across that border, so to speak, and grab hold with their hope to their hearts and say, come with us. There's hope where we will take you. These people, these children are lied to by these evil ones. Let's show them truth and love that they'll know the difference between a lie and love. Please join with us and let's reach out and give these precious children hope and save their lives possibly. All those missionaries have is hope and a prayer until you become the answer to that prayer. And then you make it possible for them to fulfill their hope, and that's giving help and relief. Literally rescuing these that are so damaged, many who are trapped. You have just worked miracles in thousands and thousands of lives. 
It costs an average of $128 to reach one, to rescue them, and to begin the restoration process. Would you help? Did you know that we've had some friends step up and say, we'll put up a $320,000 matching gift? Which means if you help one, it's two. And I always challenge people, and I always will do this, please think much bigger than you normally do when it comes to mission outreach. $1,280 rescues 10, but now it'll rescue 20. Could you do that? Would you right now go and get your bank card? Would you go online or dial that number? And make the best gift you can today, knowing that you're giving freedom and life and a future, knowing also that your gift is going to be matched because of love expressed by others just like you. Please, make that call. Go online. You write a check. Make it to life. That's what you're giving. But call us and tell us you're putting the check in the mail. Thank you so much for doing it. Behind the bright lights, there is a darkness where a world of innocence is lost and abuse runs rampant, scarring the souls of children with no one and nowhere to turn for help. With bodies broken and hopes crushed, these young victims are trapped in a never-ending nightmare. Today, you can shine the light of God's love in this dark world to reach, rescue, and restore these young ones to the life God designed for them to live. With a generous $320,000 matching gift, now your gift of $128 to help rescue a child can be doubled to help two children. Your $64 gift will be matched to help rescue one child from the horrors of human trafficking. And a $32 mission rescue gift will be doubled to $64. And with your donation of any amount, we'll send you the Faith, Hope, Love tea towel set. These beautifully woven hand towels are a wonderful reminder to remain steadfast in faith, hope, and love each day. With your gift of $128 or more, you'll receive the life-giving Proverbs Journal. Bound in genuine leather, this journal is filled with wisdom and daily encouragement from Proverbs, featuring lined pages for your personal notes as you reflect on godly instruction to success in life. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,280, which will now help rescue 20 children. And you may request our beautiful bronze sculpture, Safe in the Shepherd's Arms. Please call, write, or make your gift online. But I want to thank you for being a part of a miracle, and this is a real miracle. It's been a joy for me and Betty to watch God answer prayers and then to use this very gifted woman who's willing to open up and bear her soul for the glory of God and the help of others to be able to speak to our nation's leader and leaders and bring together the pastors and preachers and leaders from all different groups that will love God with all their heart and their neighbor. You really pray for her. If you'd like to have her book, you help us reach out to these we just mentioned. You ask for it. You can get it online or you can get it in the bookstores. But you help us help others. You say, would you send me her book? We'll send it to you. Aren't you glad Paula came to share? Mm -hmm. Look to see her with her husband, Jonathan Kane. Thank all of you for watching. Thank you for your help. Paula, we appreciate you. You know we're standing with you to magnify the Lord.
Stay connected with Life Today through your favorite social media sites or visit lifetoday.org, where life is always on. Best-selling author and radio talk show host Dennis Prager explains how free speech is under attack in America next week on Life Today. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.